Let us pray. Lord God, of all grace and mercy, we seek your face this day. We seek to know you, to worship you with all of our hearts. Lord, you know that we have no power in in ourselves to help ourselves. So we cry mercy, stir up the flame (coughs) within us that we might worship you in beauty and in truth. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. In talking about what is worship, and what is not worship. And I made a bold statement last week that it is not about us, that it's all about Jesus, right? You may have heard the uh, Christian song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you it's all about you sung much better than that but you get the gist well Matt Redman is the fellow who wrote that song and his church in England was hit with great success after that song took the airways and They began to just produce one hit after another. 
And that song was created out of a heart for God and for God alone. They were very clear. Matt was clear in his writing of that song that worship was all about Jesus, all about him, not about me and how I feel or what I think, but all about Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus, right? But as time went on, they began to have more and more people show that came for the show. And they got really good at their performance. And they made good music to God. That was their intention. But something had gotten lost in the process. Their heart for worship, their central focus to it being all about Jesus, not about them, not about their performance or their craft or their instruments, but all about the one they worship. Well, a pastor had come to realize and recognize what had happened and that they had become lukewarm that there was an emptiness to, in fact, their worship because it wasn't coming from the heart. There wasn't this hunger and desire for God that had once been there. It had become performance. And so he did a very bold thing. He went one night before the Sunday services and he took all the instruments away. I'm surprised his worship leader didn't quit on him that he must have known the correction was needed. In fact, the next morning they took all the, the band wasn't there, the backup singers weren't there, and they started afresh with worship from their heart. It's a paradigm shift that's needed. It's a change of perspective it's all too easy to judge our worship and make it about us. Be in the trap of judging our worship is based on our emotions. If we feel warm and tightly connected to God, then we've worshiped. I'm guilty as anybody of thinking that. But if we don't, then something's wrong. But this very thinking stems from a false belief about worship being about us. See, the scriptures in Revelation 4, 11 say that you are worthy, Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created everything and it is for your pleasure that they existed and were created you and I exist to bring pleasure to God. How do we do that? Well, we've been talking about this off and on. It's a central theme to our faith. He's after our hearts. The goal of worship is to get outside of ourselves and focus on God. 
to turn our attention away from our own concerns and towards God and God alone. It's more than a feeling, and it's not about our pleasure, but God's pleasure. Of course, he wants us to sense his presence, but I think that at the end of the day, he's more concerned with our trusting him, kind of like Margaret does with her cross. I've shown you the cross on the page, and one of the things that I've learned from Margaret is such a a beautiful trust of just writing the things that trouble you, the things that you can't manage on your own, writing them down and giving it to God, and knowing that on the cross he covered it all. He covered it all. And we of ourselves cannot help ourselves, but God alone can. What I most want for you is to have a lively faith, to have a connection that is how you were designed for, to have a right perspective about worship and prayer. In my faith journey, I was in my 30s, and I was looking around at, maybe I was even a bit older than that, but I'm still very young, have you? No. But I was looking around at who do I want to emulate? Whose faith can I follow? There was this couple at the church I was at before seminary, Anne and David Grizzle. Now, Anne and David, they lived differently. He was a senior VP of a major corporation, and yet they lived in this small condo. They didn't have a big mansion like many people where I was at. And they did things differently. Anne had a little table that she had a candle and a cross on, and they all met there once a day to have prayer and to give thanks for what God had done in their day and to raise up those things that were a struggle. There was something intangible that was about their lives that I wanted to know more. And I went to them and said, what is it? What have you done? Where have you been? And they told me about a course they had taken, and it was called Perspectives, if you can imagine that. And much of this course was about getting the perspective right that it is not about us but about God that our whole existence is about pleasing God and so they would bring in missionaries and all types of speakers to talk about what it is to follow God with all your heart to give him everything in response to everything that he's given us For Anne and David, it was all about spending time with God and knowing him. You see, they were on fire, and yet they weren't consumed. Much like the burning bush. Living below their means, they did that intentionally so that they could share in God's labor in the kingdom. 
They were so passionate about what they had found in God, they wanted others to know. They lived with a passion for God, unlike many I've seen. They knew that they weren't God, but that they worshiped God and that they had an opportunity to share God with others. Locally, they didn't have to go far away. For there are so many people from other countries right here. Right here, that if you teach them about Jesus, then they're going to take it and teach their countrymen about Jesus. There's an open missionary field right here beneath us at the gas station where I go, where all these Pakistani men are, where I, every now and then, I give them a card with a scripture on it. And one of them said, well, where's the next one? He's gone now. I don't know where he is. But I know I got to plant a few seeds there. And I pray he come to know Christ. That is exciting. That is faith alive. When we are there on the front row with this mighty God who sets bushes aflame, but they are not consumed. And so here we see a story in our gospel where Moses goes seeking God, seeking his face to worship him. And in the course of that, God reveals himself in a miraculous way, so miraculous that Moses is caught checking the bush out. What is going on here? God says, Moses, Moses, well, here I am, God. I'm right here. I'm right here. Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Wherever God is, is holy ground. The significance is that God reveals himself to Moses. Moses is the precursor to Christ. Moses witnesses that God's flame is burning, but the bush is not consumed. The brambles representing the wicked and the sinful are not consumed. Grace and mercy will be poured out through Jesus Christ. And we will have a way to be set on fire, but not consumed by this Holy Spirit, by God himself. Moses does what most humans do is he puts his face away. He's afraid. And I would say that to truly worship God, one of the blocks is we're afraid. <clears throat> we're afraid of intimacy with God. I'll be the first to admit it. It's awe-inspiring and frightening. It's easier to just kind of on the edge, be cool, be comfortable, because when we really seek his face, things get shaken up. He calls
calls us out to do crazy things. Like Moses leading a whole people to the promised land. Crazy and wonderful things that will never leave us the same. But more than those crazy, wonderful things, what I want for you is a faith alive, crackling with life, full of the knowledge of this God of ours. So it is, I'm pressing in, I am on my own self, pushing myself to say, what is in the way of my worshiping you more, Lord? I want more of you. I want the fullness of who you are. I want revival in my heart. I want it in the hearts of the people of St. George. I want revival, fire, in the hearts of this county. Come, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to worship you with all our mind, all our heart. You alone are worthy. Amen.